The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello! Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're discussing how to create courses online that people actually want. Yes. Okay, so how do you actually make sure when you create a course, people actually want it? There's nothing worse than when you put all this time and effort into creating a lovely course, and uh, then you find nobody actually wants to buy it. That sucks. Now, before we get into that, if you would like our list of the top 10 books we recommend to improve your email marketing, that's just one of the resources you'll find at emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash resources. Oddly enough, they're not all email marketing books. In fact, most of them aren't. It's surprising how many email marketing lessons there are in the Bible. Go and get the full list at emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash resources. He desperately wants a pet tortoise called George. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he loves a caramel hot chocolate. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. So this pet tortoise you want, has it already got to be called George? Or do you want an un- <laughs> unnamed tortoise and you're happy to call it George? Is the reason you've not got a pet tortoise yet because you haven't found one that's already called George? It's actually because I'm 33 and I'm still worried my parents will judge me for buying a crazy pet. Do you remember a few years ago, Emma's friend was selling a pet tortoise and I was like, I really want to buy it. And I was like, but I just can't because because my parents will kill me. I'm 33. <laughs> The truth is, I just want a pet that's going to outlive me, and they're definitely going to do it. I can't deal when small animals die. I'm mostly thinking whether it's going to share the cage with the guinea pig or not. (laughs) (laughs) Who ate all the stuff? Who ate all the stuff? Oh, hello. This is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. This email marketing Wednesday thing is not catching on, mate. Don't even think it is. Just because some people are following along, don't even think that it is. It's not happening. By the way, if you're in our Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show community, just let us know that it is Email Marketing Wednesday and you're in support of the great cause that it is. Also, while you're here and listening, do us a favour and do yourself a favour, let's be honest. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That makes sure that you are always going to be up to date with the latest episodes of the show. And as you're listening, we'd love to see your beautiful faces. So take a photograph or a screenshot as you're listening to this episode. Share it on social media, Instagram and Twitter's where we tend to hang out. Just tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We'll share you with our world as well. We'll share your post. We'll retweet it and we'll uh, share your Instagram thing somewhere or whatever that's called. We'll regram it and uh, we'll share that with the world as well. And we'd love to know what your big takeaways from this episode are. There you go. There you go. So we've, obviously a lot of us are creating courses and that's good. We're taking our expertise, something we're very good at and we're packaging it into some kind of course. Lovely, lovely, lovely. But then you get to that point, you're doing that funny smile thing. That was just the worst introduction to a segment I've ever heard. So we're all creating courses and that's good. And uh... (laughs) What do you mean? This is the best email marketing podcast in the world. In the email marketing podcast So we're going to send emails and that's good. And then uh, everyone woke up and it was all a dream. (laughs) Nil poire from this English teacher if I was an English teacher, which I'm not. Right. So, you make a course. Good stuff. But you put lots of time and effort into it. True? 
Got yes. that? Yes. Lots of time and effort into it, whether it's... Cause, and all that energy and that excitement and stuff, and then nobody buys it. So that's that's trouble, obviously, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well this week, isn't it? It's going very, very well. So I think the big thing here is... I mean, actually, hit, look, point, point in case in point, not point in case, that's a different thing. I'm pointing at a case. Case in point, I saw a post the other day and I took a screenshot of it and sent it to Kennedy. It was this lovely chap on Facebook in some Facebook group that I'm in, one of the millions. And he basically said, look, I've created this course and I've put it on the internet and I've got you know, thousands of people on my social media and they've all seen it, obviously, because, you know, uh, 100% of our, of our audience see everything we post on social media. Uh, and uh, they've seen that and nobody's bought it. And so now two things have happened. One is he's potentially created a course that nobody wants. Mm. And secondly, he's potentially created a course and now he's like, how do I actually get people to actually buy it? Like, uh, And both of those things are possibilities. But he's sort of seen it as he's at the end of his road now. I don't know what else to do. I've wasted all this time. And there's something really unhappy about that post, just saying that I've spent years putting this together and i'm trying to make it work and it's just not happening and we want to solve all of those problems in this episode so that you don't spend years creating a course to find out that maybe not enough people actually want it to make it worthwhile and if they do want it how do you actually put it in front of them in a way that makes them want to buy and you can see how this happens you can see because you're passionate about the thing you teach and you you made a course about it so you're going to put that on the internet you put all your effort into making the course and then nobody buys it and what we see happening time and time and time again is you go oh nobody wanted that course so i'll go make a different course with a different angle a different thing or I'll make a different course about another thing then you and the reason that happens is you enjoy teaching the thing you're passionate about of course you do because we all love sharing the stuff we're really passionate about that's why we get excited on the show and people say whether you know they're like the most excitable marketing people around because we're passionate about the stuff we talk about the problem is yes we might get into and end up teaching a course and creating a course because we're passionate about the topic of the course but that's not the thing that makes us sell the course right? What, right. And it's an important element, and we're going to get into that in a second, but making the course and coming up with a name for it and getting the artwork, that's all a load of work. But the, the work is just starting now because your job is to construct an offer, to construct a sales process, to make, to get people to see that and become aware of the course and then actually buy it. So we need to make sure we're not going to create courses that nobody wants to buy. And the first thing we need to do is strike a balance between the profitability of a course, the opportunity, how many people want it, and we're going to get into how to do that in this episode, with something you're passionate about. Like, there are much more profitable markets and niches than teaching email marketing to fellow fellow course creators and, and people who are selling stuff online. But there's nothing we're more passionate about. And the reason it's so important to find something you're passionate about is because it's that passion for getting the word out about what it is you do that's going to drive you through the kind of grumpy moments of, oh, it's still not selling. Oh, it's the hard work. Oh, this is this is actually a job. It's the passion for spreading the word and the passion for teaching the thing you teach in your course that's going to be the fuel to get you through the crappy stuff. So you definitely don't want to be teaching. There's not many people who can get who will stick with a business about something they're not very passionate about. There are some people who can do it and they just see it as purely numbers and money in, money out. They're a rare breed, okay? For most of us, we are driven by the passion for helping people, by the passion for what we do. So first of all, make sure you look at the balance between what you're passionate about and what's profitable. 
The second thing that you really want to factor in here is the fact that it's really hard to create a course and sell it at scale if you don't already have some people who might be interested in buying it. And this is where the thing really comes in, where you want to have some kind of audience already in place that you can pay attention to. It's a really good idea to build an audience first. So build that audience on social media and then move them onto your email list. That's so important because that way when you're doing emails and you might think, well, if I haven't got anything to sell, how do I email people? Well, you can email about other people's products. You can email about your free kind of core flagship content like this podcast or obviously your podcast, not our podcast. You're welcome to email them about our podcast, but your podcast or your blog post or your YouTube videos or whatever. You, you want to be building an audience and building a list of people in your market who are your perfect customers up front and then pay attention to the questions that they ask you. So every week we get people replying to our emails asking questions. Sometimes those questions are clarification questions about things we're selling, like our league membership. And some people, sometimes they're questions like, how do I do this? I'm a blacksmith and I've just made this thing and I really need help to sell me a course about whatever blacksmiths do. Uh, I just thought that through. Um, I really need help with this. What this do email, I do? How does- this episode of the Elon Martin Show is coming from you direct from 1803. <laughs> I'm a chimney sweep. And um, so what they you really still exist, looking- by the way. My mum had do. a chimney sweep. Yes, absolutely. When I say hard, like- <laughs> That's enough about your mum's <laughs> private life, thank you. <laughs> Most people go for the pool boy. Your mum's gone for the chimney sweep. He used to come with a house and clear a chimney. (laughs) June, what a dark horse. Anyway, um. (laughs) I always thought you looked a bit like your mum's chimney sweep. It could be the milkman, the pool boy, but no, no. Kennedy's mum's chimney sweep. Anyway, um, we, you get questions all the time in response to your emails, asking stuff like asking for help. Those are the questions that fuel the content of your course. This is why we don't edit this show. Uh, these are the things that are designed to fuel the content of what your course is. They also give you a really good insight into the mindset of your customers, because here's a secret for you. Something we discovered a few years ago, and we've said loudly and controversially ever since, And that is customer avatars aren't all they're cracked up to be. I get really pissed off if we buy a course and the first three hours of it are wasted saying, now you need to ask these questions. What newspapers do they read? I don't know and I don't give a shit. I don't don't really care that much about those things because actually the truth is we've got loads of customer avatars. Sure, when we first started out, we thought we're going to sell to people who, who make and sell courses on the internet. And that's one of our markets for sure. But actually, in our membership, the league, we've got photographers. We've got people who sell, uh, you know, accessories for bonsai trees. We've got people who sell all sorts of different things, products, services, recurring things, expensive things, cheap things. And so that goes to show if we'd just gone after one customer avatar, there'd be loads of our members who wouldn't even join. We wouldn't even be in front of them. And we love having them as members. We really help them. And they like being part of it. So for us, it's actually less about who you're selling to and like their demographic stuff. It's more about where they're at in their mindset. It's are they ready to buy this? Are they looking to buy this? And again, paying attention to the audience you're already building really helps you to be able to say, okay, great, but where are these people at? And you start to notice the trends between the people who become your best customers, the ones who join, the ones who give you the least hassle, the ones who get in the way the least, the ones who least ask for refunds, you know, all that stuff. You start to notice, actually, I've just noticed all of my best customers, they're at this stage 
stage in their journey. They're at this point in their business. They're at this point in their life. And what that does, that kind of shows you that the realizations, the mindset, the beliefs those people already hold. And you can, get, again, start to craft your courses to serve those particular kind of markets. And that will help you to figure out whether you're going to be creating a course which is about the problem they've got or whether it's about the solution they're looking for. So in, in, one of the standard sort of marketing things is whether people are problem aware or whether they are solution aware. So for example, let's say you're a, a person who, uh, who, let's say it's us, just an example for us, right? We know that some people are aware that they want to sell more of their courses online or more of their coaching online or more of their memberships online. And they are problem aware. They're aware that they've that you've got a thing and you want to sell it. But we also know that even closer to the point of joining our membership, the league, buying one of our courses, doing any of those things, are people who figured out that the best way to do all of that stuff is with email marketing. They are solution aware. So what's the equivalent in your business? And you might create a course which either is for people who are problem aware or solution aware, but the course you create, the way you market it, and who you put that in front of is going to be different depending on whether you're creating a course for the problem or solution aware people. The difference being whether for us, we create a course called how to sell more of your courses online automatically and at scale, which is a problem aware uh, course versus join the league of email marketing heroes and sell more of your courses. That's for people who are solution aware, who understand that email is the, is the solution. So deciding on that stuff is much more important than that whole, right, he's called Harry, he's got brown hair and he wears glasses. How are you ever going to use that information like, which newspaper? That's one of my favorites, Rob. You mentioned, you know, which, or remember, it was the old which breakfast cereal do they have? Like, how are you going to use that in your marketing? There are very few e examples of actually using that information. And it's just more bollocks that marketing people have decided to teach businesses so they do actually have to get to the meat and get the hell on with how do you do the thing? I think it's a dated thing when we only had four TV channels and you only had two serials and you only had you know three types of car you could drive. People did fall into really precise categories of stuff and that just doesn't work anymore. The world's a lot more dynamic than that. And that's now, the so reason that, that Facebook doesn't, you know, when you're targeting Facebook, it has thousands of data points because Facebook being the most advanced targeting platform probably in the world... It understands that it, it doesn't go right. Hello, what kind of it doesn't, what kind of cereal have you got? Excellent. I'm going to show you ads about lingerie. No, that's not how it works. The fact that I eat cornflakes has got nothing to do with my underwear choice. So, it, and the fact that Facebook has realised this with thousands of data points lets us know that. So. Scrap the customer avatar, but really focus in on your customer's mindset, where they're at. Are they problem aware? Are they solution aware? Are they your solution aware? Are they you aware, as we like to call it? So have a think about that. The next thing you can definitely do in terms of like going into some practical ideas for you now, things to actually do, this works really, really well. Wherever your audience is right now, Instagram, Facebook, your Facebook group, your Facebook page, uh, your uh, whatever account, you know, Twitter, whatever. Pop on there, on video, with a post, an image if you want, and just ask the question. Just say this. 
and putting together a new class, a new course, a new program, a new whatever about, tell them what it's about, how to build your email list, how to uh, get, your, get, a, get a date in the next week, whatever it is, whatever your outcome is, right? And, it's, and this is the important bit. It's going to be, and then tell them the price. That's really important because you want the people who respond and comment or reply to this post to be aware that, one, there is a price because you want to attract people who are willing to pay for that information. And the difference between people who are mildly, passively interested versus willing to hunt out their wallet or their purse and get their credit card out of it and then spend the time to type it in and all the information, that's a very different type of person. So we want, to know, we want them to know there is a price. We want to know what that price is. And then you ask, who'd like the link? And then people are going to reply. They're going to respond. They're going to comment. They're going to do whatever it's going to be, it's going to be on that channel. So that formula is, I'm putting together a class about thing. It's going to be price, who'd like the link? So these people, know, when they reply, you know there are people now. And this is before, by the way, at this point, you have not created the course. And if you don't get many replies, which you might not the first few times, then guess what? You've just discovered a few times, a few ways that people don't want to pay for that information. And you've yeah. not wasted the time on writing the course, recording the course, getting the graphics for the course, get the, the money in doing all of that stuff, the creativity, your name in the thing, all that stuff that's emotionally draining and exciting, but you haven't wasted it to only be then deflated when no one's willing to do it. You now can see by proof, hey, six people said, I want to learn that for that price from you. And that's the third element. They want to learn this outcome for this price, and they want to learn it from you. And you are a really, really important element of this because there are people, big marketing gurus, who could sell anything just because their name's on it. It doesn't matter what they're teaching. People will just pay, which is why a lot of their advice often, you try and apply it and it doesn't work for you because you don't have their big jazzy name, which comes with credibility, trust, and familiarity and such, right? So make sure you do that. There's other ways you can get people involved though, right? Yeah, so you can like start to whip up excitement about the thing as well. So you can get your audience to, because you've got a bunch of hyper responders who all come and say, yes, I want the link, yes, I want the link. And by the way, you can do that by email as well as on social. If you've got your your email list, however small or big it might be, email them and say, I'm going to do this thing, it's this price, do you want the link as well? Uh, and then create involvement with your social audience and your email list as well by getting people to vote on things like, what's the cover image going to be? Is it going to be this one or this one? What colour it should be? What's the best name for the course? All those things, because what it does is it makes people emotionally part of the process. It, it gets them an emotional buy-in uh, and it, they feel like they were part of the creation and the genesis of the whole thing. We see loads of comments in our Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show community, and in other people's groups about, I've got this thing. Has anybody got any ideas for names of it? We were in that exact place. You know what you want to teach, but you can't quite nail the name of it and you worry about it. So here's a good way of getting people involved. I've got this course. It's going to be this price. Has anybody got any ideas for names of it? That's exactly how we came up with the name for our membership, The League. We were like, we know it's going to be a monthly membership. It's going to be about this price to begin with. This is what's going to be in it. You get to describe the innards, the absolute detail of your membership. So people, under the proviso and under the disguise of you need to know what it's all about, can you help me come up with a name for it? And then what you'll have is people commenting saying, here's an idea for a name, and others saying, 
I've got no ideas for names, or I have got an idea for a name, but also, I need to know about this, this program. I need to know about this membership. I need to know about this course. So you're going to get that proof there as well. So get people involved in all areas that you're happy to hand over some, um, some creative control to. The other thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you're asking questions, running surveys. Obviously, we have RespondeSuite, our, our survey platform, so we're massive fans of surveys. But you want to ask questions, run surveys, find out what is your audience's biggest, most frustrating problem, what's their big uh, objection, what's their big thing they're trying to overcome, everything. Uh, and again, it makes them emotionally buy into the process of discovery, of, of you know what, of creation of this course. And it literally means you know exactly what you, what, what you want to write about. If you start to pay attention to the language and the things and the things that your audience say, you'll start to notice stuff. So, for example, you might notice that your audience never used the word revenue to describe their business, but you would naturally. Well, just because you would use that word, if your ideal audience aren't using that word, you should probably drop that from your language. If they all say profits or sales or cash. So we rarely say the word boost your profits because it's just not a very us word. But if we paid attention and we found that all of our customers use the word profits, tell you what, we would switch and we would start using that word because that's the word that's going to make them sit up. You know, when you're walking down the street and somebody says your name, even if they're not talk- talking to you, you think, oh, somebody said Kennedy. Are they talking? Could, could they be? Well, in Kennedy's case, they're very likely to be talking to him, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Rob, oh, are they talking to me? And you look around and you realise, no, they're talking to somebody else they've seen on the street called Rob. Or it might be you. But the minute you hear your name, you sit up. Well, the truth is, if you hear the word that you think of all the time as being your problem, like, oh, I, wish I, I wish I had a more profitable business, I wish I had, or I wish I had higher sales, or I wish I had higher revenue. They're different words that mean the same thing, sales and revenue, effectively. They're used interchangeably. So if you use the word that I think of subconsciously, my subconscious brain sits up and pays attention. And again, what you end up doing is you end up creating a course with a title, a subtitle, a hook, an offer, a headline that grab somebody at like a core level and and means they have to sit up and pay attention to it because you're using the same words that they use you do here's a really good resource for you if you one of the things you really want to do is see if anybody else is spending money to to attract an audience to the kind of thing that you're that you're wanting to do so if you've got a course which is all about a certain particular type of gardening let's say bonsai trees right so what you want to do is make sure before you launch your course about how to, I don't know, how to keep your bonsai tree alive for more than a week. Let's say that's what your your, your course is going to be about. I'm sure my ignorance on all things gardening at this point. Um, then you're going to go and you're going to go to Facebook and you want to see if anybody else is spending money to also teach the same thing. And if they are, that's not a reason to not do it. That's not a reason to go, competition. No, that is proof that this person and other people are willing and are continuing to invest money to show ads about that very same thing. And And if they're doing that and they've been doing those ads for a long time, that lets you know that they're actually making profit on those things. Otherwise, they would not still be running the ads feasibly. So the way you do that, and I'm going to give you a quick link, and obviously the link to this will also be in the show notes. You can find the show notes for every episode, by the way, which we do into full blog posts, and they're beautiful, over at emailmarketingheroes.com. Uh, so, but the, the place you want to go is going to be facebook.com slash ads slash library. And when you get to facebook.com slash ads slash library, you'll be able to search for any Facebook page and you'll be able to see which ads they're running. 
And this is part of Facebook's transparency thing, so you can see what who's running which ads and what's going on there. And obviously, that link can change at any time. Facebook changes things and refines things depending on multiple factors, but uh, that's where it is. Um, and, and that allows you to see who's running ads. So look up one of your, what you might think of competitors or somebody else who's in your space. Look up their pages and just see what ads they're running and how they're wording things to make sure there's an opportunity, there's an audience for your course. One of the things Kennedy and I have both been guilty of in the past is to fall into the trap of thinking, well, I am the market and I want this. Or, worse than that, I think, is probably, I used to be the market. I used to be in the position of the people I'm selling to. I used to be poor and now I'm rich. I used to be uh, fat and now I wanted to be thin. I used to be this and that. Um, and actually, the truth is, the minute you're, you're now in the position of the course creator, you're no longer the market. You never really have been. It's not really valid anymore. It's just an odd thing that we started to notice. It's a bit like um, in comedy writing. The minute you start to analyse jokes, the jokes cease to be funny. Like the minute you dig into it, you, you read it through a few times, that word loses a bit of meaning. It's not funny to you anymore, but the, the, when you deliver it to an audience, it's still hilarious. And sometimes stuff that you think is hilarious just isn't to an audience. And so I think it's oh, really yeah, we've important that, with this we? stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like right I in think... your show over in my apartment sometimes, we go, this is really funny. We've been killing ourselves laughing when we've been writing the show writing, writing Rob's comedy hypnosis show and then we put it in front of the audience opening night bombed the joke it didn't work and then we thought oh well just change the nuance I thought it was just Rob delivering it badly you know of course I wouldn't blame me and then you know five no I don't even know if it lasted five nights that gag three nights four nights we just both went it's for some reason it's just not funny yeah so it's the same thing yeah, totally. And so what you're looking to realize is that don't look at where you were because you've always got a warped perspective of what you want and you're not typical. Again, it's one of the catchphrases in our businesses. I know I'm not typical, but, and we and then we have to try and shoe on this thing and say, I wouldn't buy that and I wouldn't click on that and I wouldn't go through that process. So don't really pay that much attention to what you want or what you used to want when you think you were the market uh, because the world changes fast and, and things are just different. And let's be honest, human beings are not logical. Like some of the ads we've run, we think that should hit everything. Like that overcomes objections. It's exciting. Doesn't work. Something we think is stupid, doesn't make sense, has worked. And you've probably seen ads like that all the time. Where you go, that doesn't even make sense. I saw an ad the other day which said, fuel so green it's gold. <laughs> I was like, what? Gold's not a <laughs> shade of green. I, I don't understand that. Still running the ad, right? And one final thing for you is that the stuff, the length of the videos, the quantity of the amount of videos or the number of bits to a thing is not value. And I know now you're thinking, oh, that's obvious. But when you're in the midst of it, you go, right, you know, it's going to be this amount, this course. I need to have more stuff. Let's be honest. Like, I used to uh, be a business partner in a fitness business. You, you wouldn't think it, right? But I used to be a, a business partner in a fitness business. And the thing we always used to say when thinking about our new campaigns was that if we could give you a solution to losing the weight you wanted to lose, and we could give it to you in an afternoon, less time, rather than over the next few months, we should charge more for just the afternoon. Because people want rid of the pain of how they feel or how they how they look or whatever it is, whatever they were trying to solve, quickly, and they will pay more for that. So the fact it takes less time to lose that weight should be a premium price, not because you're spending less time doing it. 
right? Uh, so uh, the stuff, the quantity, the, qu- the, the, all, the, the quantity of all that stuff, how many things there are, is not the value. The promise of the transformation is the value. I'll say it again. The promise of the transformation is the value. If you can get me amazing results and I have to study less stuff, because damn, I'm busy, and it's going to take me less time to do it, I will pay a premium for that, and every single one of us will do that. Now, if you're thinking, okay, this all sounds really good. I'd love to apply this to my business, but I've got some questions. We realize a podcast is not a great place for a discussion, apart from between Rob and I, and we often discuss the things we talk about uh, and we hear from other, other people. The best place to come and talk us through with us, think about how this applies to you, is inside of our free Facebook group. It's no cost to join. You don't have to be a member of anything. Just come and join the Facebook group over at Facebook, and you just literally search for The Email Marketing Show Community. The Email Marketing Show Community in the in Facebook, or if it's easier for you, open up Chrome or your favorite bla- browser. Browser? Your favorite browser. That's like the female version of a browser, in case you're wondering. Um, just go to robandkennedy.group, robandkennedy.group. That will forward you over to the group. We'd love to see you inside of there. Let's go into this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay, Rob, what have you got for us? So the subject line this time is invite, exclamation mark, in brackets, short notice. Now, we quite often, this was for a webinar that we were going to do, and we were going to do it genuinely on what you would consider to be short notice. Normally, we would give a webinar, you know, a live webinar, three or four days promotion up front, maybe five. Uh, In this case, we were doing it with 24 hours notice because it was part of a very short promotion. It was an ad hoc thing, and it was just one element of the campaign. And so we wanted to get, obviously, as many people on the webinar as we could, and two things we notice. The first thing is whenever we do anything that's like a, an event, we quite often make the first email about it be um, the subject line is something to do with an invitation, invite, invitation, RSVP, something like that. Mm. But with this one, because it was literally what you would consider to be probably short notice, as in we're doing a webinar and it's in about 18 hours time, um, I just put the word short notice in brackets in the in the subject line. And I think it's got an, an instant extra appeal to it where people go, oh, maybe it's in like an hour. I'm, I'm, I'm probably free in an hour. Let's go and find out what it is. And and then when they find out it's in 18 hours time or 24 hours time, that's still short notice. They don't feel misled or anything. And let's face it, short notice is, is a, a subjective thing. Like how short notice is short notice. I don't like to have anything happen. I wasn't expecting in the next 72 hours. If something appears in my diary in the next 72 hours, I'm frustrated that that's short notice. Whereas other people are happy to have something appear in their diary today and they'll crack on with it so that's very subjective um so that worked really well now the other thing we noticed is our attendance rate for that webinar of uh, registrants to attendees was probably one of the highest we've ever had because it was so short notice that like obviously they don't have a lot of time to register so we didn't have the highest number of registrants we've ever had but it's an interesting thing especially if you were to then repeat the webinar we couldn't in the context of the promotion we were doing but it is an interesting thing to know that actually not giving people that long between telling them about it and the actual event happening increased the number of people who only registered with the intention of attending i think what this does as well which not many subject lines do and you can't do it very often is it gives a sense of urgency to opening that email now which not many subject lines do like often it's like quite a a curiosity driven subject line so the reason open now is to solve your curiosity and to close that open loop in someone's head but for this it's like oh what am I going to miss out on it has this idea of a FOMO I'm going to miss out if I don't open it right now so thinking about urgency is something you want your subject lines to do is quite an interesting interesting thought really which I've never really thought about before so that's this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week of course we'd love to make sure that you never miss out on an episode of this show the email marketing show so 
make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And, of course, I'm sure there are people in your world who you know would get massive value from learning how to sell more of their stuff online using awesome email marketing. So make sure you share this around. Stick an image or a selfie or whatever onto your favorite social media platform. Let them know that you're enjoying the show and that you think that they would enjoy it too. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Still can't stop thinking about your man with a chimney sweep. <laughs>